0: Hey, how's it going? Good. Yeah. Good. Chilling. Is it a good time?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a good time. Nice. And um, how do you feel about being recorded? Fine. (laughs) I'm good. All right. Cool. You're not shy. No, I'm not shy. Nice. I didn't think you were. Yeah. I mean, I think you're.
1: You're definitely. I'm. I'm hoping for for your guiding hand this is this. Yeah. this. <laughs> it
0: will be always out for you um, yeah so Lucas if you could um describe yourself um, succinctly let's say um, just in terms of yeah how, how do you see yourself uh, how do you position yourself what do you, what do you want in terms of what you're working towards, um, and what have you always been working towards? You know, what is this? What is the common thread throughout your adult life, or maybe even your whole life? I don't know. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Many questions. Really <laughs> yeah, but you can answer it, any one of them, whichever yeah. one uh, you know strikes you.
1: I mean, they're they're all they're all great questions. I I, I think maybe I'll, I'll I'll approach this in in in, a, in in the sense that maybe start start to think about what what I don't kind of want to be, perhaps um, in a way, and and one of those is or um, where I w- want to go. Um, well, I mean, starting off, I, I think throughout throughout my uh, childhood, I mean, if we bring this back to my childhood, um, and, and, and when I look back at it, it actually surprises me quite a lot that this feeling was inside of me or this feeling was brought along with with such a small kid. you know, I was nine years old and I was really thinking about, like living autonomously uh, in in Patagonia, I remember, you know, like uh, in some small little house, like The Hobbit, almost. Uh, and 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 this this interest of of, of being free in in in, uh, in big open spaces uh, and, and being self reliant, you know, like making inks and, and making everything I needed from from the land that I was traveling in or wandering in um, from such a small early age um, kind of progressed slowly uh, throughout my my education up until I would say now where I'm I'm very much interested in in, uh, like agroecology and territoriality. Um, not so much in, in the sense of oh how, how can we produce food but more uh, how can we construct um, you know autonomy and uh freedom and more uh, you know harmonious systems in rural spaces yeah that that would be kind of a, a journey i've been on for a long time i would say and and, and it, that means that me personally, I, I don't want to become a, a farmer, you know, working on a market garden and, and having to rely on selling my food products to people, but nor do I want to become, you know, a professor in a university lecturing in, in such a such an institution. Um, and, and so my work really revolves around, you know, discovering... Various imaginations of 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 rural autonomy and and this this agroecological ter- territoriality, in a sense, um, and how it's expressed by many people um, throughout
0: the world. Okay, great. No, I I think that's a great answer, and um, um I would, yeah, I, I would like to explore some of the things that you already touched upon, maybe, maybe a bit that's later on. True. Um. Sure. but uh yeah i want to just give you a chance to link what you just said to what you're doing right now in this kind of um self-made project that you you've uh started i don't know last year i guess or, or early this year or, or I should, at least i want you to describe it don't let me uh tell it um sure. and um especially i think um if you could while you're describing it, expand upon this idea of territoriality and how you have w- witnessed it. You know, like um, firsthand in, in what in uh, your your trips and your visits that you you've taken. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, well, the 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 raíces de soberanía um, project. I can wait, I can maybe say that a little slower for, for the, <laughs> the. so the Raices de Soberanía project, uh, that I've been working on uh, over the past couple of years, really, but in its more recent manifestation, uh, since the beginning of 2021, um, is, is an exploration of, of, uh, of uh yeah rural territoriality in in uh, puerto rico nicaragua the netherlands and, and in italy and it's it's not really a defined project with a certain structure however the biggest part of it um is this uh photo voice methodology which i learned about during my masters and and basically there's a dog I'm drinking some water. Okay. It's coming through, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can,
0: yeah. You can say it's ambience.
1: Tufferton, the Wienershman Solvar.
0: Oh, right, it's a quite sore one, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. It, it sounds my um, loud. Oh, no, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, what
1: was I saying? So yeah, yeah, so the the basis of of the project is, is in this uh, photo voice methodology where uh, disposable cameras or just cameras in general are given to participants and they take photos of of you know the past present and future of agriculture and of territory and then I also whilst going around the country you know snap photos of various events and take audio recordings and then then we use those photos as the foundation of a kind of exploration of, of what it means to to be a part of a rural territory, um, yeah, and then and then engage with this perhaps quite theoretical idea of you know, what it means to be part of a territory or what it means to be, um, you know, radically ag- agroecological or rural and we use the, the medium of photography and, and audio recordings to, to, to kind of culturally engage with those concepts. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want me to expand on that a little more mm. as well. Yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Especially okay. if you have uh, examples as well that you could use.
1: Okay, yeah, wonderful. So uh, um, yeah, and, and this, this project has has been quite interesting um, in in Puerto Rico, uh, it, the, our, our fundamental question of, of you know what is the past, present, and future of uh, food sovereignty in Puerto Rico post uh, Hurricane Maria was was a question that was kind of co-created with um, an incredible group of farmers in, in, in rural lares in the mountains of Puerto Rico, and and, and an incredible moment for me was when during the, the kind of uh, gallery exhibit that we held at the end of the project, that when I was there, we, we turned one of the farms into a gallery. You know, a, a, a farmer came up to me, only two farmers came up to me and they told me two different things, but one of them said that um, using analog photography, photography really transformed the way she looked at her territory and her landscape because she had to stop she had to you know go somewhere where she thought this is where i want to take the photo then consider how do i want to frame everything within this photo to properly communicate what i want to communicate in this image and then you know she'd look through the camera lens and say actually no this isn't where i want to go they'd get in the car they drive 100, 200 meters, have a new angle without the camera, look at how the camera frames the landscape. And then they'd be like, mm, you know what, this image perhaps also doesn't capture what I'm looking for. And this engagement with analog photography um, also was an engagement with the landscape itself and an engagement with you know, the, the, the viewer of the photo in the future. Um and also a way to reframe your your own understanding or the photographer's understanding of those concepts which with which they visualize and imagine their territory uh, you know physically. Um, and that was a wonderful kind of uh, anecdote that, that really was it was great to hear. And then also another farmer spoke of of how, Uh, the project changed his understanding of science, but also his understanding of who can do science and how him as a farmer, before he felt that he could never do science, because science was something done by professors, uh, you know, and researchers. Whereas having the camera gave him the tool to, you know, analyze the landscape and then... Also, put the power of analysis in his own hands when it came to interviewing, and and those were two two wonderful stories to hear about um, with regards to the project. And then we'll see how that manifests also in the Italian context, which is quite different. But so far, um, despite huge challenges in in getting farmers to actually take photos with the disposable camera, because it is something. Um, that you can just put on a shelf somewhere and forget, Um, understandably. So the the feedback is always extremely positive um, in the sense that, like, wow, this project seems really cool. Um, I love how innovative it is, how it gives me a voice and not the researcher uh, a voice.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, no, that's amazing. Uh, I love that. And I love how... um... Uh, There's kind of marriage between um, landscape and technology, even though it's a a bit of a dated technology now, but it's still technology, how how they come together and play with each other. Um, Yeah, and and I do want to talk about that in a bit. Um, But for now, I just want to get a little bit deeper, just through my own curiosity, really, um, with this idea of territoriality and and your project uh, dealing with it, and um, okay. I'm just yeah. So perhaps if you could um, describe your own relationship uh, with territoriality and 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 how you see it um, being shaped and also shaping you and then you shaping it, um, and and how that has been, how that has changed over time, especially within the time frame of the the project. Mm. Do you think you have something to say about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, territory. I, I won't. I won't speak about my own personal relationship with territory, but um, territoriality for me is 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 a kind of um, an intense relationship with the land and with. Those around you, both human and non-human, um, but then also with the the social dynamics, I guess, of, of, of relationality. So, like yeah, relationships, um, both you know, like in that sense, are economical or, or social and cultural, um, with with the local human and non-human uh, worlds um, in which you relate, and and that. That can be expressed in many ways. It can be expressed uh, um, in language and dialect. Uh, you know, I remember um, an incredible article I read even before starting my my bachelor's uh, by Jeanette Armstrong,
0: who, if
1: I remember correctly, is a, an Indigenous uh, Okanagan a woman from what is known as as uh, British Columbia in, in Canada. And you know, she spoke of how the very language uh, 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 Okanagan, I believe it's called, doesn't make sense once you leave the territory, um, and and in in that, in that way you see what what territoriality can begin to mean um, its identity, its relationships, its um, it's almost uh, cosmological and, and spiritual. Um, and, yeah, I, my understanding of territoriality has also changed quite a bit uh, as I've slowly begun to explore these rural spaces um, in Puerto Rico, in Nicaragua, and Nicaragua, in, in the Netherlands, and in Italy. And, and that's always, I think, uh, pleasantly surprising. Um, in, in dominant culture, rural spaces are seen as as a uh, backwards and as unsophisticated and simple. However, um, in, in reality, uh, I think that's quite far from the truth.
0: Yeah. Could you, uh, could you explain that? Like, uh, how is it far from the truth?
1: Um, well, I mean, I think that the rural spaces are, um, are, are very radical, um, be it politically in, in some senses, not necessarily in, in, in the narrative that we hear about today, where rural spaces are, you know, home to right-wing politics. But politically, in the sense that you know, rurality um, and autonomy, which is something that lots of uh, rural people strive for, is a is a threatening um, state. For modern states, if you if you kind of understand, I kind of confused. It's a threatening position for modern states because an autonomous community is a community which is less reliant on um, you know government or institutional structures, and um, communities that are more reliant on institutional structures also. Um, reinforce the power of those institutional structures. And and I think that um, where I have gone, be it in Puerto Rico or here in Italy, that the narrative of many farmers is extremely nuanced, is extremely um, well read and well versed um, with regards to, you know, a radical politics and a radical way of being that can provide better livelihoods for
0: for everyone. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I can see that. And um yeah, I I think that's, that's also an interesting um point, the the kind of idea that the rural is radical. Um do, who could you who who would you say um has been the most radical uh rural actor that you've um visited in Italy?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a really hard question to answer. There's, there's been, there's, there's been many, e, uh, radical actors, I guess, um, yet they're they're obviously just like myself and perhaps all of us um, filled with with contradiction. Um, I, I think the most impressive. Uh, I, I, radical initiative I've seen, however, has been this um, uh, Palio del Grano, which is a kind of festival slash, like, competition of, of, of grain and, and a celebration of ancient grains, and um, it revolves around this uh, small town in Chilento, which is in southern uh, Campania. Which is the the, the region of uh, of Napoli um, and Salerno, and this celebration not only brings together younger gen- generations with uh, uh, older generations, as well as people from all over Italy and the world who come and visit. But it, it it's a celebration of um, you know community of ancient grain varieties and of education and ancestrality and also of the future. So not only does it celebrate what has been, but it celebrates the potential of what could be and what can be made by all of us. Um, And what was radical about this was the fact that it's in a small community of 2,000 people, yet, you know, now normally 2,000 people show up to this event but even more impressively, you know, local restaurants now use, you know, these flour from these ancient grains for their breads, for their cornetos, uh, for their pizza, for their pasta. And it's, I haven't experienced local food system, such a powerful expression of, of local food systems uh, anywhere else, really. Um, unfortunately, you know, we speak about radical ruralities, but it's often, you know, one farmer living quite isolated, um, you know, yes, being radical, but, but, you know, not being able to express this, this radicality in the piazza um, or uh, on the table.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Um and uh, what was your your role in this festival when you went there? How did you take uh, part? Um,
1: why did I take
0: part? No, how how did you take part? How? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it it, it um, I think my, my official role, like I was attending, um, as part of a an Erasmus Plus project. Um, a, an ex, like an exchange of uh, or a, a gathering of. Um, various seed uh, uh, networks uh, across Europe. But my role, my kind of personal role whilst there, um, you know, I, I saw when on our first day, we went out with um, groups of local ch- uh, teenagers from from the town and, and local shepherds We went out with the sheep and you know from there the 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 role that i played was as 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 someone who was from far away but who had a a huge appreciation of the work that was being done by these children um and by the organization in in kazell in pittari and um yeah i mean i i was there to, to take photos to experience it the 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 event, but also to, um, I don't know, in a way, celebrate the work um, that these people have done and appreciate the work that they've done um, in ways that perhaps you know locals don't appreciate it. Or I remember um, this. This is an example perhaps of another, you know, another farmer I went to go see in Molise, which is, you know, a, a region of Italy, which is so obscure that there's even, you know, a, a social media campaign slash, you know, like conspiracy theory that this region doesn't even exist. And, you know, I went there uh, as, as a researcher and, and and when people hear about my personal story, they're like, oh, I'm like what are you doing here in... Santa Croce de Maliano, you know, like, what are you doing in this tiny town? And I was like, well, I'm here to see this farmer. And all of these locals were, you know, completely shocked that someone from far away would come and see this farmer. But this farmer is so important in terms of, you know, cultivating ancient grains and saving these seed varieties. Um... And it, it's quite interesting to then, you know, see, you know, on the face of the bartender or the the waitress at the cafe when they hear that I'm here to see that farmer and they're like, wow, like I would never have thought that anyone would come to see, you know, Modesto. But then it's like, yeah, you know, I heard about him from this person who told me about him from that person, and I think that the celebration of local food systems and of, you know to not only support the people doing incredible work on the ground but also celebrate their achievements is, is fundamental
0: mm. no definitely um yeah I, I think i was asking yeah i think that was a great answer by the way and uh, it was really nice um i think i was asking also because um i feel like you're in a way juggling uh uh, yeah, I call them roles but they're not they, you know they're not really roles, they're just what you do. So what, one of them is um yeah, you're, you're kinda of documenting what your what you're, what you're hmm. yeah, you're you're documenting um what you're experiencing, right? Like uh through photography and and uh sound recording. Um and then another one is kind of um perhaps on a more personal, deeper stake you're uh supportive of these initiatives um and i guess the third one would be oh i don't know but i assume you're also somehow participating in, in the activities as well um mm-hmm. yeah so i um am i'm also curious to know well well partly my question is asking how do you find the balance how, how you know how do you manage to do all three things but the other one is also how does um, like recording, you know, through photography and so on, how does the act of recording uh, distance yourself from these other things that are important to you, you know, such as supporting um, these initiatives and taking part um, in any way you can? And yeah, so it's, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. If you don't, it's also okay. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I. It's, I, 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 I came to think of myself momentarily as a photographer and that thought kind of disturbed me because, you know, I've never considered myself, you know, an artist or a photographer or, you know, something like that. And I still don't. But for a brief moment, that crossed my mind. Like, actually, you know, I have two cameras in my hand. You know, I have 10 disposable cameras in my car uh i have you know a bunch of photography projects that i'm doing like am i a photographer um and and i came to the conclusion that i wasn't actually i came to the conclusion that i was you know documenting and archiving this these events you know because i think imagining yourself as a photographer kind of puts a lot of the the onus of creativity and of art in the hands of the photographer, whereas the actual creativity and the actual art is is, is the work of the farmers and the work of the landscapes and, and activities that I that I photograph. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can see myself as as someone who, because I am behind the lens, often am um, quite separate from. From participating or contributing to the to the project itself. However, perhaps that's the glory of of a analog film is that I don't have many shots, so I actually don't take that many photographs. Um, and then I understand that everyone has a role to play, let's say, in this feed system this transition. Um, and 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 to understand that you know, like maybe today I won't participate in making this, you know, bread with traditional grains that everyone else is enjoying making, and I'll just take photos. But that's that's a role that someone has to play, and uh, I'm very comfortable with with moving back and stepping back and and, and taking some photos here and, and then joining the group again, um, in another form. And it's enjoyable for me. It, it, it removes uh, the monotony of of everyday life. You know, like if I'm just Lucas being Lucas the whole time, always the same stuff, uh, contributing to discussions and being, um, you know, there engaging with work uh, all the time. It's boring for me. Whereas if I can jump into another role of, you know, then Lucas the researcher or Lucas the the cameraman or lucas the you know i don't know silent foreigner then that then that's fine for me
0: yeah 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 no no i i i can appreciate that and um yeah i guess uh off the record i i, I would see you as uh as some kind of a photographer by the way as some kind of uh I think you have a, a strength, at least, uh, in, in documentary photography. And, um, and I think that goes back to what you were saying about, and it's something I totally agree with, um, that there's a lot of creativity on the farm and in rural spaces. I think these are actually very creative people um, and creative things are happening. And, yeah, in a sense, you are not necessarily being the creative one they are you know in a sense being the creative one but at the same time there is definitely space there for documenting that creativity so Mm -hmm. so yeah i think yeah it's totally uh you know uh a position that you can hold and feel proud about and and i think it's um necessary as well on some level uh yeah that's a (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I would encourage I would encourage you to to explore explore a little bit, then and, and not not feel like uh, it's it's not something that you know that you can't label yourself as. I mean, if you, obviously if you yeah, as as I see it, anyway. Yeah, so maybe leading on to the, the um, leading from there, I going back to um, territoriality, but also. Or within the context of photography, I was. It struck me um, that when I think of a territory, often you think of a bounded space, right? That's and and uh, and I find with uh, a photograph is very good at doing that. You know, it creates a frame. This obviously it's perfectly rectangular, but but there is a frame there. Um, I mean, it doesn't mark exactly the boundary, but it does conceptually mark it in some level. Because um, as a viewer, you, you don't you assume that the territory is beyond the photograph, but at the same time, it doesn't exceed it um, infinitely. And so, yeah, what I wanted to ask you was, yeah, really, kind of your thoughts on on, on this relationship between photography and territory. Um, I, I perhaps we're repeating ourselves a bit. But I would just like to go a bit deeper into it. Um, Especially in terms of... I I think you gave a really nice story before about uh, one of your participants uh, had to rethink their kind of relationship with territory through using a film camera and you know, moving to different spots in in order to get a good picture and so on. Yeah, so I was just wondering perhaps if you could go a bit further about that and especially how this can be used, used as a tool for um, agroecological initiatives or just agroecology in general? How, you know, how, why is it suited and, and why have you chosen to use it?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a good question. If, if, if I try and answer it off the top of my head, one of the more interesting dynamics that um, that I've had to engage with when, you know, asking for photos about territory, yet I get a photo of, you know, a, a passion fruit smoothie or some gandu beans, which are, you know, um, pigeon peas. Um, and 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 in in the contemporary sense of it, you wouldn't imagine that to be territory. A lot of people associate territory with the landscape, you know, not with a photo of a rabbit or of someone uh, slaughtering a chicken. And and for me, that's that's what's quite interesting about engaging with participatory photography as a medium, is that it allows you many different lenses with which to frame a concept. And it forces you to reframe concepts as well. And, and yeah, that would be one example. And then another example would be, you know, the research question we were engaging with was a research question about the past, present and future of agriculture. And, you know, discussing how, you know, with with participants, oh, okay, like, how do I take a photo of the future of agriculture or the future of this territory? Um, And how do I take photos of the past if we're in the present? And and thinking that territory can express itself or the future of a territory and the past of a territory is actually expressing itself in this very moment. Has been a a beautiful a beautiful uh, reframing of of what it means to be alive for me at least personally, um, but I hope also for participants, you know, or what it means to have a vision, what it means to to work towards something, and what it means to live the future or in in the present, and and also live and engage with the past in the present as well.
0: Okay, nice so you you feel i mean just just to clarify um uh, my own head you, you feel that um territory or i mean engaging in this concept uh for you and the participants can really do that right like um it it can help um work towards this kind of future vision is that the idea mm,
1: yeah of course yeah. I th- i think i think having multiple expressions of or multiple imaginations of territory uh, in a space, let's say in the gallery space together, allows for these dialogues to start to occur. But also, you know, being given the question as well of, um, you know, take photos of the future or where do you think the future of agriculture should go um, is really important. Like there is a need for this imagination. There's a need for us to work um, on developing our imagination of the future. And, and, um, and it's fundamental, especially when it comes to food systems transformation. And and I remember in the Netherlands, I think I, I asked one of these farmers, okay. And like, what do you think the current state is of agriculture in the world? And where do you think it should go? You know, and he laughed at me, and said, "Aren't you supposed to just ask me simple questions like how old am I and what, how many potatoes do I yield a year?" And not only does that response critique science in very, you know, like in a very straight to the point way, like science has never been asking the right questions to farmers, um, but it also highlights a kind of lack of 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 a vision of the future. And that's definitely something that we need to be developing because right? without an understanding of where we're going to go or where do we want to go? It's very hard to construct or imagine a, a, a future uh, beyond where we are.
0: Yeah, no, no I, yeah, I can, I, that's for sure that resonates with me. Definitely. Um, yeah, the other thing, when I think of territory, uh, I, I also think of the idea of um, home, you know, like uh, uh, an idea of belonging, um, uh, maybe identity as well. And um, I was wondering if, if, if that was what you experienced um, in your fieldwork as well, or, or whether it's just in my own head. An idea of home? Yeah, whether whether that came up that this idea of home and, and then what that means, because I think home itself is quite elusive. I think it's at least for you know like a nomad of it like me and you, I would say this idea of home is not always so concrete. Um, and yeah, I was wondering if, if that kind of showed itself um, when when you're dealing with, with territory. In in your fieldwork, or or whether it doesn't, whether it's completely separate. Um, I haven't,
1: I haven't really noticed it that much. This concept of, I haven't noticed it that much, actually. I mean, there is, there is an understanding that, like, okay, this is, you know, perhaps where I'm from, um, but I, I haven't seen that much engagement with an idea like uh, this is my home this is you know where I belong. but uh, I, I definitely I could, I could think about that much more but I, it's not been something that, that has come up often
0: sure no, no that's fine that's fine as well yeah so um the other the other idea of territory i guess is also this idea of um a contest i mean a bit more a bit more of a uh political idea this idea of a contested space um and yeah so not uh, the same the same applies you know did did that ever come up this idea of a of a contested space
1: oh yeah of course i mean um if we if we look at the concept of let's say Puerto Rico as a whole, it's a U.S. territory. Why? Because it's not a state; um, it's a colony, and they even use this word "territory" to kind of define this kind of undefined state of Puerto Rico, um, and 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 certainly that was a, a very contentious issue, like throughout. Um, my interviews whilst I was there was was the independence of Puerto Rico, was how the U.S. used its power to maintain a vulnerable territory and a dependent peoples on on the island of Puerto Rico, and and um, then this idea of resistance um, as well as existence in the territory uh, really really starts to to enter into discussions about food systems and agroecology uh, as, as a form of, of, um, you know, laying claim to, to sovereignty, um, as well as self-determination and autonomy.
0: Yeah, no, I, 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 that's cool. I think, um, it also links back to what you're saying about, um, you know, these kind of radical, uh, farmers and or or the rural being a radical place um yeah i was to me to me it feels like um this is something that you personally um it kind of turns you on i mean through what you've been saying justin's this podcast, this idea of um the potential to of how the rural can, can can be an agent for radical transformations and mm-hmm. and um, yeah, perhaps we didn't go into it so much um, yet but I was, yeah perhaps, uh, yeah, it would be nice to to hear how how you personally have been radicalised uh, through your I don't know either your engagement with agroecology or through some other, uh, catalyst that eventually led you to agroecology. I'd be interested Mm -hmm. to hear about that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, first off, I'd like to clarify that like radical resistance and territoriality does turn me on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, my engagement, my engagement with it has been, has been quite quite a long process actually, and 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 an interesting one, especially when I when I think back and, and trying to uh, critique or analyze the space that I was in back back in the day, and, and that revolves around, you know. I don't know how I became kind of an anti-capitalist, aged 16, but um, it it was something for me. I saw huge, um, huge kind of issues with the amount that we were consuming with our disconnection to the natural world and with a kind of inescapable Sense that we had about it all, like we could not escape the situation that we we're in. There was no other alternatives around. And as a young boy, um, I, I kind of discovered um, through through various books um, the fact that there were alternatives around. There were, uh, you know, indigenous forms of of, of, of living which provided alternatives i remember distinctly being quite intrigued with the uh, Haudenosaunee confederacy the iroquois uh, confederacy um in new york state or in what is now new york state um and the fact that they had even as as people a group of them had taken over like the summer camp and you know, armed themselves and basically said to the U.S. government, you are not welcome in this space. So the Oka crisis, I think, in Canada is, is quite a good example of this as well. And for me, that was like, oh, wow, an alternative to the system that we have um, is, is still possible and is legitimate at the same time. And then this led me to study you know, anthropology and ecological anthropology, and and as I moved away from anthropology more towards indigenous governance and First Nations studies and conservation, um, I went to Gwaii, which is an archipelago close to Alaska, and my experience there was was very formative. But I I came to the realization that you know without food sovereignty any hope of actual sovereignty doesn't really exist and then that was clear to me as well i mean with that then i i started working on organic farms and 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 then i went to nicaragua and there we experienced you know civil unrest and the fact that no truck was coming into this rural village that i was living in with food at all Except for, there was no, there was no cash in the ATMs. There was no gasoline anywhere. You know, the, there was, it was a crisis. Except every Tuesday, the Coca-Cola truck would arrive. Full of products from Coca-Cola. Be them actual Coca-Cola or like all the crisps um, and sweets that Coca-Cola sells. Um, And bimbo. Those were the two. And for a while, actually, the bimbo truck didn't come. Um, and that was a huge realization for me that, you know, fuck politics. Like, the politics is as ideological as we want to be. And and I really love being ideological and, and radical. It doesn't matter if there's no food on the table. Um, and it doesn't matter if we can't decide what food is on the table. And And that's really what brought me into agroecology and then slowly this idea of pluriversality and um, you know cosmopolitics brought me closer and closer to uh, these more participatory methods of, of of research in forms to like collectively reimagine food systems in a more just and, uh, social way
0: nice yeah I think you described it very well there thanks um <laughs> the i i i have ordered a, another s. d card but the, my current one um only only allows like a, an hour and fifteen minutes for recording so i'll just ask one more question before it uh gets full and that this one will be session yeah yeah i would, i would definitely appreciate that yeah i'd love that um but just to wrap this up um i want to give you a completely different question and um maybe nothing to do with agroecology at all but that is uh i i know well that you have been driving around italy to get to all these places um and obviously italy is a place that you know and uh you have some associations with it uh you know your formative years and so on but i was just wondering uh the the very act of driving through italy and and um you know being 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 able and autonomous to travel to all these different places um how has that shaped your perception of of italy and um yeah how, how has it changed change your idea of Italy. And, and, and also if you have any, uh, reflections on the very act of driving, uh, that would also be nice. I think, I think cause it takes up a lot of your time, I imagine. So i yeah, was just wondering. Yeah. yeah.
1: Driving takes up a lot of my time. Um, it's expensive. Um, one, one thing that's, that's been interesting is, is, is whilst running this project, I, have Really become more of a fan of universal basic income um, because I realize that if I was supported as I am right now through through some grant money um, to do projects in my own free time like with my own kind of will and determination like I would still create value for culture and for society as a whole. Um, maybe it's not you know, desk work, but it still creates important value um, for peoples. And, and I think that everyone should have this opportunity to, to do that. How has it changed my relationship with Italy?